That's Welcome right. to the what podcast is this? Uh, which this one? is a Christian business <laughs> podcast. Hey, I did one podcast before, and I we did like fifty episodes, and so I got used to saying what. Which you know, anyway. So welcome to a Christian business podcast where we have absolutely no idea what we're doing and no business doing a podcast, but no, I think we provide something. I hope so. <laughs> well, there's a few listeners that would say so, but we do thank you for listening. And it's me, Aaron, with Redeemed Roofing and Exteriors, and Justin, who's not going to make a plug for his company. Nope. But that's okay. I'll probably make sure it gets in there every once in a while. It doesn't need to. That's not anyway, the point. We were just talking about, and Forrest hadn't hit the record button yet. We were just talking about dealing with. Fire hey, <laughs> surprise! <laughs> Again? <laughs> oh wait, I've I thought, fired you. I thought we were going to talk about that today. Kind of, kind of, kind of. We okay. were planning on talking about working for friends and doing yeah. work for friends, but we were in the middle of a discussion that we thought was being recorded, but Forrest hadn't hit the record button, which is fine. But anyway, continuing that discussion, <laughs> you get to jump in in the middle of it. But we're, you remember the deck that. I did for you when I was first starting oh, out that in, really in big deck. No, the really oh. big one. Yeah. Oh, in Barrysburg, yeah. that yes. 4,000 square footer. Four, yeah. 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 That sucked. Yeah. But we worked it out. Like, we, we worked it out. Mm-hmm. Well, some of it, too, with that was, like, the level of intensity that the client was, was I've never experienced a client like that. See, I didn't think he was too. You didn't get the. But I didn't I get, get the grunt brunt of it. I mean, he took me to breakfast. You know. So. Did he really? <laughs> he took it. Yeah, like the crew was there, and oh he had a gosh. couple other guys there, and he's like, "Let's go to breakfast." And we went to like some little mom and pop. Oh yeah. Joint. But he, the the guy was the guy is a really big deal. Like his names on you know college Everything. buildings and stuff and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and he had this is a lakeshore home with a thirty eight hundred square foot deck yeah twice the size of my house <laughs> it's about to say the same thing <laughs> but uh, so yeah i mean he was cool for us to deal with but if i didn't you know we were the subcontractor on the job but you know we just i dropped the ball like six times or like 26 times or something <laughs> <laughs> but but we worked it out like you and and that's what i texted because we're having a kind of a little bit of tension between us and another contractor right now and and there was a text that came across to me and it, it was not a text like like brothers would have, but I would expect that we would be brothers just because of the previous conversations we've had. But like you and me, Justin, when that happened, like you didn't get all, you know, where it was like, hey, man, this is a problem. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry. We're going to fix we're it. We're going to fix it. And so we did. We worked it out. So everybody was satisfied and it, it got taken care of. And and there were some things I wasn't capable of fixing. And so I, I had to, you know, pony up for for getting those taken care of and. And so I think, you know, you have this and you have this friendship and that friendship, I mean, that's a perfect example, I guess, of to segue into what we were going to talk about today is, you know, working for friends and having stuff go wrong. That's because it's going to go wrong. It is. It is. And so you have to treat each other like. A brother. Like a brother. And it's a, (laughs) and like we talked about with Spencer, that servanthood, right? Yeah. So, so I think there's two real areas that working with friends is is important. I I did not prepare a devotion today. I totally wasn't like. I don't um, either. It's 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 springtime in West Michigan during for construction, construction guys. and landscaping and so season. We may yeah. not be prepared for a few things, but because <laughs> we we're I always mean, prepared to talk. We're always prepared to talk. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we we have yes. Yeah, see, like. There's so much going on right now, like outside of this that, 
but I think we got this. So there's two areas of working with friends. And I think one is like when you're a contractor and a lot of folks that are listening to this are business owners and they've, they've done, you know, work for friends or are thinking about doing work for friends, et cetera. And it's like, what do you do? But then there's the other piece of hiring friends. And so there's one school of thought that says, don't ever hire a friend because if things go wrong, you know, and then you could jeopardize the relationship. There's the other school of thought is look, if they're your friend, you know what their work ethic is, you know what their value system is, you know how they, you know, Mm -hmm. and so you're not going to ruin the, you you shouldn't be ruining the relationship if you're both believers because God's may God. And maybe there's our devotion there as we were talking, I was talking with somebody about God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Like there's forgiveness and you can forgive somebody that is not dependent on them. Mm-mm. If you are wronged by somebody, the Bible commands us to forgive. And that's something we have to do on our own that doesn't require anything from them. However, reconciliation does require that. And it's interesting that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, but not the command to be reconciled. Mm-hmm. So there's, so it's almost like there's almost like a qualifier on it because it deals with the other person. I can't, but when we are brothers, I would say that is a little heavier because if we are both commanded to rec- or if we are both given the ministry of reconciliation, then there's really no excuse to not be reconciled. Mm-hmm. There, there just isn't because we're both given that ministry and it depends on both of us and we are both given that call. So having the ministry of reconciliation versus having the command to forgive, I think there's a big difference there. And I think that we could do a better job as a church, big C, you know, globally yeah. to be reconciled with our brothers because otherwise bitterness grows, you know, don't let the sun go down in your anger and, and all that bitterness grows. And all you do now is it harbors lack of love. Well, it makes, it makes, I think like men especially just want to move to the middle of the woods and not talk to anybody ever again because <laughs> this world sucks. And <laughs> You know, we're going to hell in a handbasket. So I'm just going to move to the mountains with my family, and that's all we're going to be. I, but I think it's like you get sick and tired of that portion of it where you're not being reconciled to people, or I don't know. Like I look at it from the stance of, okay, I have, I know the way that if Christ wants me to live a certain way, how do I phrase this? If Christ wants me to live a certain way and that I forgive and I don't hold grudges and they truly are a brother or a sister, like, like, and I think even like, if you look at like in this world, your family structure, like I think about my brothers, my gosh, I mean, we would have knockout drag out fights the next day. We're totally fine. Right. It's that thing that's going to happen, but you know that I love you. You love me. We're not going to agree all the time, but we're still going to come back around. And I think in a, in a big C, you know, setting, it's the same thing, maybe even more so because we, we under, understand and like going back to like what you were saying about hiring friends or not hiring friends. Like I love hiring friends. Mm-hmm. It scares the crap out of people. They're like, well, what if they do something wrong? Like they're going to, and I'm going to do something wrong. <laughs> right, like, right. guess what? We're all fallen and <laughs> we're all going to screw up, but you can't, you can't hold it against anybody to mess up because they're always going to do it. it does sometimes does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts a lot. But did it kill you? No. Right. I mean, I guess it killed you. It so and it's bad, almost but. better if something goes wrong because what, you know, like you look at, okay, and, you know, go back to Genesis, right? God, isn't it interesting? Somebody once said that God made us in two parts. He made us from the dust and then he breathed a breath of life. 
And he did that because if he hadn't done that and we were one, one, just one part and that part fell into sin, we would be dead right then. Mm-hmm. It would be the dust hmm. would be over That's or the breath would be over. But because he made us in two parts, there could be life and a two part redemption. So he created us knowing wow. that we were going to reject him. Thought about that. Right. Oh, yeah. So, okay, here he's forming out of the dust going, well, what, why, you know, he could have snapped his fingers. He could have just said, let there be humans. Just like the animals. Just like everything else. But he didn't. He personally got involved with his hands and formed out of the dust. And then that wasn't it. It wasn't over. He also added another element of the spirit, right? Pneuma mm-hmm. breath. Some would say, well, why didn't he just make us, you know, perfect? Why did he go through the process of allowing us to fall and then redeeming us? But look at the illustration of so much more how much his love is. Because what would it say about the love of God if he had no reason not to love us, right? So he created us with the intent that we would have reason, quotes, not to love him, mm-hmm. okay? Or the ability not to love him. And then we get to the we get to the point where we experience redemption. The love of God is that much more powerful because now I can't say, well, he loves me because I'm a good boy. No, yeah, he yeah. loves me even though I In was wretched. So when you hire a friend, it's almost better that they fail because the restoration of that, because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, the restoration, the reconciling of that relationship is even better. When you're just friends and you're hanging out playing poker or having a beer or whatever, <gasps> it... I'm just kidding. Shut up. <laughs> <sighs> I was on a roll too. Happy Friday. When you're out when you're out having a sarsaparilla with your friend. (laughs) I don't do that. (laughs) I do like a good rip beer, but when you're out when you're out having and like there's nothing for you to there's no tension. There's no there's no struggle. There's no I mean there can't doesn't mean there can't be, but you're limited when you are day to day in business, making decisions and, and maintaining a being, having to be always quotes on in the relationship, you will fail. But out of that failure comes growth in love. And so you get, you, you get the fall in your relationship and then you get the redemption in your relationship, which puts you, which causes you to appreciate the relationship and the love of the relationship all the more. Because what what is it? The Bible says, "If you love those who love you, what credit to you is is that?" Mm-hmm. And and it's not. But if you love those who have lost you ten thousand dollars in a business deal, what credit to you is that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. Well, I think too. Like so, one of my best buddies, Brian his wife is our office manager and designer and like even within our friends group because we're really close and it's that thing of like being a band of brothers and we do a lot of work for our friends as far as like little building projects and stuff like that but some of them were like was it going to be weird if she's working for you i was like no it's going to be awesome because too with that is a level of accountability that i am also accountable to you and so you're going to see me at my worst and at my best Mm -hmm. and in the times of my worst, what do you do with that? And um, I don't know. I think that's super powerful because if your friends truly love you, they're going to call you out. Like I know Ray or Bill or Mike, 
they have at, if if I'm messing up or I'm doing something wrong, like Ray having a conversation with me, coming in the office because he loves me and because he cares about the guys that we have. Right. He knows that he needs to come to me and say, "Hey, you're you got you're doing too much right now. You need to back mm-hmm. off, or you need to find somebody to help mm-hmm. you because you can't do it all on your own." Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about. And I mean, when Ray started, Ray's been here. It'd be ten years this coming no month. Kidding. Yeah, but. I didn't know Ray from Adam, but now Ray's a friend, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know Bill, I didn't right. know Mike, you know, I, I knew Becky as a friend first, but mm-hmm. I mean, they all become your friends, you know, and a, a family more or less, but, right. but the friends that I've hired, the thing, times that it hasn't gone well, well, I'm still friends with a lot of them, still friends with you. Right. Probably better friends. Since, yeah. yeah. Again, because we had, mm-hmm. we, we didn't know what it meant to love as a, as a friend until there was reason not to. Yeah. And once there was reason not to, and it still came back, I think but, that str- it just, I think it's just like, you know, just like with a spouse, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you lovey dovey and flowers and candy and roses yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then you get married and you leave the toilet seat up. <laughs> right. I'm sure there was a bunch that led up to and that. She, but. And she <laughs> still, and she still, and she still loves you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously that toilet seat is, huge metaphor for like all kinds of crap that we do to our wives and our husbands. So the, but the more that the, 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 the more that the toilet seat is left up, the more opportunity we have to see a person's really true love show through, mm-hmm. you know, Bible talks about, you know, who has forgive who has been forgiven much appreciates it. You know what I don't know. It's a that loose so translation. Terribly, yeah, but the saying. concept <laughs> of, you know, if you're forgiven little, you, you appreciate it little. If you're forgiven much, you appreciate much. And so, you know, how much more, how much deeper is the love for a, of, of a couple who has experienced infidelity in the marriage and had that restored mm-hmm. than somebody who hasn't. Now, does that mean you can't love somebody unless they cheated on you? No, but where it's a is different. The, yeah, know, it would be like it would be like even like anytime you let your wife down or something like that, right? And knowing that she still loves you, you know, I do a lot of stupid things. Like I, a lot of times, I do yeah, things. You do. With, <laughs> <laughs> I had to get but, one in somewhere, <laughs> man. <laughs> and like not or. I'll have thought in my head that I've had this conversation with her. And she, if she listens to it, she's going to be like, yeah, who does this all the time? And then, like, I just all of a sudden, like, I come home with a skid steer. And she's like, what? Oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, we talked about this. She goes, no, we, no, we did didn't. not talk about this. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? I'm not the only one? No. No. <laughs> no. Like, I thought I was, like, the king of we had this conversation no, we didn't. <laughs> no, I thought about it so much that I, I did. Right. I yeah. I had it with I had the conversation with you in my head. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you weren't there, I can't help that. <laughs> You're supposed to know my thoughts. Babe. You looked really good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Dig that hole. But I, it's no, I Forrest, don't shake your head. Don't <laughs> no, no, no comments from the peanut gal. I'm gonna put a microphone in front of you in a minute here. <laughs> no cameras. <laughs> I don't know. I I love I love the idea of having friends come work because you, they're your friends and close friends even too for a reason because you're like-minded in things. And mm-hmm. I 
I love challenge. I love to know when I'm doing something wrong so I can be better. Right. And, and I want people around me that I don't want yes people around me. Does that make sense? Like I want someone that's going to tell me when I'm wrong. Forrest and I just were talking about this. We just closed on that property and we were talking with the lender as we were walking out of the office. And I'm like, so we'll do this again in six months. <laughs> Forrest is like, no, I was like, that's, that's why I have Forrest. Forrest is job is to tell me no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's real good, but uh, you are good at it. You're very good at telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> So it works. My wife is glad that he's around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But when it, you know, as, as it relates to having friends, the, I think you mentioned something we're friends cause we're like-minded and I think there's a yes and no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna put an asterisk on that, that. You're saying our friendship has been fake this whole time. You're just using me. No, we're, we're friends because we're like-minded, but we're friends. We're also friends cause we're not like-minded. Yeah. Because you're not the same as me. We, we because that allows us to challenge each other and bring us bring us back to mm-hmm. like you and I have some pretty extreme, like we're like way out there in several different areas, and f- to have each other pulls us back to the middle. I think I think I'm more of a doormat, doormat and you're more of a bull in a china shop. That's and, fair. And so, yeah, right. That's fair. So like so in our conversations, I pull you. I, you know, I, I talk you off the cliff, if you will, or, or, <laughs> or hold you back on, on your side of the ring. So mm-hmm. you don't knock somebody out at the same time, you know, you're like, no, dude, you can't, you cannot let that person treat you like that. You cannot let, you know, you can't let somebody roll over you like that. You know, you have to protect your family. You have to protect your assets. You have to protect, you know, all of that. You have to protect your element. You if you didn't get that element joke, you need to listen to the Spencer Telcamp episode. <laughs> <laughs> Is cover your element. So you, we, you, you bring each other toward the middle, which is where I think we should be is more in the middle. But when we have relationships like that, I think it does. It stretches us. It grows us. It, it causes us to be a better husbands. It causes us to be, I, I think it, I think it, brings us more into a Christ-centered, I guess, state of being, if you will, to get all transcendental. But mm-hmm. and and we don't do that if the people are exactly the same. No. Like I all of my friends are, you know, I mean and when I say like minded, like we're like minded in the things that matter of Christ. Right. And, right. But like my buddy Mark is a spaz. Like he doesn't ever slow down way more so than me. And he's super high energy. My buddy Brian is like, he's like the calm. Chill. He's, yes. He's a lot like he's very diplomatic. Ray, Ray-ish. Yep. V- yes. Okay. And it's, so you have all these different personalities that help build you and help grow you where it's like you have these, you know, your tribe around you, a band right. of brothers, if you will. Right. Right. Well, you're, you're, you're one another's. Mm-hmm. I mean, goodness, look at all the one another's in, in the epistles, right? Of, of love one another, care for one another, support one another, encourage one another. You know, you, you can't do that outside. You can't do that outside of community Mm -hmm. and the people you surround. So there's, you know, we talked, we talked last episode with Spencer about, no, two episodes ago with Spencer about, you know, quotes, project people again, still cringe at that term, but you know, people that you are pouring into and serving and caring for, but I think you also have to have 
people around you that support, you know, your, your work, your ministry, your kingdom work, your, and, and that holds you accountable, but it's hard to be held accountable by somebody who has the exact same tendencies you do. Yeah. Like that's where, like, I've got other friends that are like exactly like me. I would not go into business with them <laughs> because Jesus Pete's they're like the gasoline to my fire. Like it's like, we're going to do crazy things. Right. And it's probably not going to turn out great. <laughs> we're going to have a great time trying it. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a, a, a good way to put it, I guess, all in all and working with friends. It's, yeah. And I think the other, the other piece of, you know, when you're in business, I mean, you know, as far as hiring employees, it's, uh, you know, hiring em- friends as employees, I, I do think that, you know, there is a, the, there can be a strain on the relationship because as, oh, yeah. as, as friends, there is, there is an equal in everything, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're a dad. I'm a dad. You're a husband. I'm a husband. You're a brother. I'm a brother. You're a, uh, a homeowner. I'm a homeowner. You're, a, you know, we're equal that y- you have an income. I have an income. There's no, like, there's nothing that puts one of us in quotes authority of there's like, a no, mu- I, there's I would, a mutual yep. submission. But then when you hire somebody, look, if I want you to, you know, file your TPS reports in a certain way. Yeah. You have to do that. You have to file your TPS reports yeah. in a certain way. But how does that affect then when we're out having a beer? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, you're going to pay the bill. No, you need to tip the waitress more. No, you need to don't mm-hmm. chew with your mouth open. Cause I'm your boss. <laughs> <laughs> but again, metaphor, but you know what I mean? Like when we're out, but there has to be that, that separation or that line. Like, I know like for like, like Becky and I have to be really careful. Like when we're hanging out, when everybody's hanging out to not just talk shop because it's easy to do it. And it's like, okay, nope, let's not talk shop. We're, we're here to hang out and have fun. Let's just talk about life. But when we're business owners, that's a huge part of life. it, It is. And too, like, but even while we're in the office, like all the conversations that I would have, like with her husband, Mm hmm. You know, well, I've already had those conversations with Becky in the office as we're right. kind of chatting around lunch or right. whatever. I know how so, your kids are doing. Yeah, I know where yeah. you guys are going. I know what. So it's know. like your default to kind of go to that. And I think that's something that I know I have to be careful. But the thing of it too is, I love business. You know, I, you and I both. Yeah. Every time we talk on the phone, like uh, every once in a great while, like I, straight up with you, I don't remember all of your kids' names because we're always talking about business. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I remember Josiah. See? Yeah. I ha- I only have two. Like, I have an excuse for not knowing <laughs> your kids' names. I only have two. Though, to my credit, I do know all of Grant Swinger's kids' names. Well, you go to church with them, too, don't you? So you see them on a regular basis? That's true. Okay. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so we, because that's what you and I are both passionate about, and that's a huge part of our life. Mm-hmm. Is huge. And so for somebody like, because Forrest and I, right? So Forrest, we're bringing on Forrest full time. And Forrest and I, for the past. You ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. Forrest and I have been friends for 10 years and we have talked like we talked 
four to six okay, days so a week. Okay, so you do need a mic for like this. Okay. <laughs> because I think this is really interesting. Okay, Forrest has got a mic now. Okay. Okay. Because I think this, I mean, we've been talking about this, just the two of us this whole time. And here I just hiring Forrest. Jeez, Pete's like <laughs> so, the elephant in the room. So... I don't like the idea of you oh calling Forrest an gosh, elephant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> the look on your face when I started saying you knew exactly, exactly where I was going. going. <laughs> no, but I think this is interesting. So you guys have been friends for ten years. We bet we have been. We've been friends for ten years, and that relationship. I don't. I mean, I hope you don't mind me getting a little, little deep into the weeds there, Forrest. Okay. So are you gonna cry? I'm. Huh? Are you gonna cry? No, I'm not gonna okay, cry. Good. I'll smack. But you. ten it. years ago, I met Forrest because <laughs> we were. We were working with kind of a post-high youth group situation, and that's how I met Forrest. And so we began our relationship with a almost like a almost a spiritual authority, if that makes any sense, kind of a pastoral role, like a mentor mentee type, kind thing. of right. Okay. And then it at and then at some point it went too far that way, and and like we we actually cut ties for what I don't know three, six months six months. Like he, didn't want to, like, he didn't want to talk to me, and I don't blame him because I was a jerk. Hmm. But it was because of that role, and ultimately we ended up being more friends. Now, Forrest is, what are you, six, seven years younger than me? I'm 30. You're How 30? old are okay, you? Okay, so six years younger than me. There we go. So Forrest is six years younger than me. And so he was just starting out in life, 18, 19, you know, just getting going. And so I had... I was, you know, 25, 26 and had been a little farther along than he had life-wise. But as time went on, it morphed more into a, like, straight-up friendship. Now, there are still some areas where, like, I've been walking with Jesus longer than he has. So, I mean, there is stuff that, like, he didn't necessarily grow up in the church. So there's stuff, like, knowledge-wise that I have that he doesn't, but that doesn't necessarily put me in an ath- a more authoritative role over him. So 10 years of friendship, and he's running, working in his line of work, and I'm working in my line of work, and we're talking, like, every day. And, you know, hey, what's going on in your world? Oh, yeah, no, that's pretty cool, and, and I have some thoughts on how that. And then he'd say, well, what are you doing for this? Well, maybe you should look at it this way. So we've just kind of bounced back and forth ideas off each other, and we technically have been working together yeah. just as consultants in each other's I business. I think you need to send for- him an invoice, so... Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. Don't worry. He's, he's about to. And I get access. I can just yeah, do it myself. I don't care. Like <laughs> Forrest, what is this seventeen thousand dollar payment to you? It. I, I took care of it. You hired me to be an office manager. Let me do my job. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. So so now here we go, and that was a like a big concern as Melissa and I talked was, you know, what does it look like to hire a friend? Because are we going to put ourselves back into the role that? we had a six month hiatus on friendship because we had a problem with the kind of authority mentor relationship. But now he's coming to work. I mean, I signed the checks, right? I like if I, it's my, the business I started, I, I hire him. That's like, I'm in charge. So are we re-entering that role that we didn't really appreciate? I, I think if we have boundaries not set up, and I don't have the ability to tell you no, mm-hmm. go kick rocks. Mm-hmm. Then I think, <laughs> honestly, I think it'd go right back to what Laugh it would be. Laugh it up, Curtis. Uh, Laugh it up. But like that's the only it's the only way we can make it work is I I have that voice to say no. 
Well, or you've given me that mutual that authority of saying like oh, we. I know that kind of gets contradicts it, but mm-hmm. there is for, with my past. I always it, it's easy for for me to just kind of like listen to people, not even have my own voice, kind but, of like submit. Yeah, yeah, yep. But yeah. but I think there's a a ton of value in that because because he talks yeah you listen and so you're hearing things that he's busy talking about but you're you know you can hear everything that even in the background of what they're actually saying you can kind of get a better picture so you can communicate that back to him that's like what ray does for me because ray's more of a listener he's not Mm -hmm. like i'll talk all day like silence and like when i'm with people scares me i don't know why it just does like that right does bother me. I was like, well, why aren't you talking? We just talked about this. I was like, you seem to take like big steps, being nervous really well. And he just said, I just talk and laugh about it. My, and my, for real. my yeah. anxiety coping mechanism is jokes. Mm. It's can be really hurtful in times of loss. Like we had a recent death in the family. That was bad. Like I am. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. Anyway, so but in terms of anxiety, etc., like if my mouth is moving, I'm okay. Yeah, good to go, good to go. <laughs> but so like I think that that works well. But like you said too, you guys have, you guys have boundaries set up as far as like okay, I can tell you no on these things mm-hmm. because I too have the health of the business and where we're going. Like we have our goals as far as what we're going to try to achieve, and if you do this, you're going to, you know you're going to, you're going to hinder it. But I think even too, like we were talking before, like with Kevin, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how your relationship started with Kevin, but Mm -hmm. now working for you, like you lean on guys where like you and I kind of get in the habit, like, okay, it's another sale. This is big. This can Mm kind of give us access Mm -hmm. to, you know, I can bring a couple more crews on Mm -hmm. where you got a guy who's watching on the side going, I don't know, man, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then you jump into, it's like the same thing with your wife. If take it back to, if, if your wife is not on board, you don't do it. It's mm-hmm. gonna more times than not, it's gonna hurt. Well, and I was talking to another guy this morning about that. I don't know, there's so many ways we could go with this thing, but I was talking with another guy this morning. Just because a wife or a support person or a confidant is not okay with something or or doesn't, you know, cease problems with something does not necessarily mean it's not what's God, what God's oh, no, calling I, to you. I would agree with that. That's, but therein lies the struggle. Cause I was talking with him. It's like, okay, what did Abraham's wife, Sarah say when God said, leave your people and your community and your way of life and your, your lifestyle and leave. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know if she said, yes, my Lord. You know, we know that there were a few, we know that there were a few, people that were like there are a few places where sarah did you know because hebrews calls her out when sarah said you know yes my lord right and but at the same time there were probably times where i mean goodness she laughed when they you know that's that's their son's name laughter right because of that so at what point when your wife or your confidant or your ray or your brian or my forest say no well that that's a good indicator but it doesn't mean it's the end all yeah. be all. so it's like that that system of checks and balances there are 
Yeah. Because there are certain decisions you need to make or that you go with your gut, you feel like you have. But Mm -hmm. at other times too, if it's, and I think it's checking your heart as far as why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why like a forest or a ray or whoever is, you know, to have that person go, man, I don't know. Like, and that's where like Serena for me, she goes, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you with whatever you're doing. But just know I don't feel comfortable and here's why. Right. You know, and then it's like, okay. Because now it's a bigger decision on the person making the decision. It's like, okay, well, all right. Well, I know they're going to follow me with whatever I do. How bad or how good is this going to be? And that's where I think we have to be in tune with what, where God is leading us. And and I think that's also ties into with like our checks and balances. Well, yeah. The Holy Spirit check to say, okay, why do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. Well, my, my, my wife is saying no, or my Ray is, or my forest is saying no. My, my person is saying no. Okay. They see some things and I understand that, but am I wanting to do this? It like pulls me back into a place where I can say, am I wanting to do this because I want it? or because it makes me look good, or because it, mm-hmm. it it puts more money in my pocket, or it gives me bigger influence, or whatever. Or am I wanting to do this because the Holy Spirit has laid this on my heart as a as as something that he's calling me to? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily make us listen to that, but it makes us stop and you Think know, through it. check and mm-hmm. say, do I hear this, or am I just talking because I'm nervous? And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... For for me, it's it's I'm very safe. My whole life has just been it's like all about being safe, being making sure, watching the bottom dollar. And so I I think that's why I play a really good role, not in like the forefront with because I, I do have ideas, I do, but you need people like you and then you to be able to be like, Oh, I'm gonna do that. Like like a bulldozer, like like a bulldog and just go for the gusto and i'm just in the background saying like here's the risk yeah you need you need high risk tolerance and you need low risk tolerance mm-hmm. people because it it levels out is, is melissa low risk yeah is your wife high risk yep okay yeah serena is definitely more of a low risk right exactly yeah. and so you know go back to who are our friends mm-hmm. right look at i mean the people you and i married justin they are opposites in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and that I think that stimulates love and growth. And I think that's part of the reason Forrest and I are, are really good friends. I still haven't figured out why you and I are good friends, but you know, cause you're, your dad keeps paying me. So I mean, <laughs> keep, cash those... <laughs> keep cashing those checks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so many places to go with that. <laughs> But like, I think it's like, I think this is, I don't know. This is where, this is where we should have started, dude. You guys are right here. Oops. Because yeah, we are. Fire me. Hold on. (laughs) Go ahead, Justin. Go ahead. No, I'm not going to do it. It's not my job. That's true. That's true. So, you know, that has been a big piece of what we talk about because, okay, if I'm just hiring Forrest to say no, well, Forrest can say no. He's been saying no for 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, not, and I don't mean that like he's been, you know, but he has been providing the voice from a low risk tolerance 
for 10 years. So why? But I think there's a lot of extenuating circumstances in that. And the other thing that I think is important for us being friends is, is Forrest is concerned about the well-being of my business because he's concerned about the well-being of my I family. have to be. You have well, to be. Well, now I definitely have to right. be because now... But like, you, know, you go work for... A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, you go work for a big corporation or something and the size... You know, you talk about like... I think there's a difference between hiring a friend as a, you know, as like a line worker and when you're the CEO of a, you know, multi-million dollar company and hiring a, like the first person you hire in your business full time or your management team or your, you know, your board, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a pretty big difference because, you know, for, for you, like on the landscaping side, right? the a whip guy right a guy who's running a weed whip like there's hiring a friend as a a whip guy and then there's hiring a friend as a office manager for your you know million dollar a year landscaping business and i i kind of think there's a there's a difference because the the quotes the whip guy the the line guy is not going to have a whole lot of input in the major decisions of the business. Mm-hmm. And so his concern for the well-being of the business at a macro level, at a level that has a, a really big impact, I guess is not as but that, it's not as impactful. Well, but that may be because he does he or she may not have the acumen right. to kind of understand what goes along with that. So I think it's just a different place. I don't know. That's a is is there a difference in hiring a friend as a, and I don't know how to define that because I mean every job's important in every business mm-hmm. and and we you know might depend on what they want what they if want they just, if they're just looking for a nine to five to get their bills paid and then they've got something else going you know I know a guy that is a is a missionary and when he comes back for six months you know on his furlough or whatever he he gets a job to kind of keep the bills paid and mm-hmm. and then he just pours into his family and then he goes back overseas yeah and so he's he's fine with that. He's totally content to have that, you know, and so he could work for a friend. As a matter of fact, I think this particular guy does. I think they were friends before he started working for him. But as far as like the upper level business decisions and stuff, I I think, you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm not hiring Forrest to, to pick up shingles off the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm too expensive for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the... And your skill set doesn't match that. Your skill set matches, and and so there's friendship there. I I your concern for the well being of the business. You you have to be yes because this business now is a two person business. You are half of the equation, and the your concern for the well being of the business. I think has to be higher. Than if this was a forty-person business and you were one of forty, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't ever want to be in the position where, hey, well, anybody's replaceable, but everybody's replaceable. It, even I'm replaceable. Mm-hmm. There is another roofing company that could fill in the gap that would be left if Redeemed was not around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody's replaceable, but I get. I guess. I guess what I'm talking about is the the person being concerned for the well-being of the business. And your friend is going to be, I think, more concerned for the well-being of the business than someone who did not start out as well, your friend. 
Well, I think that that may be just like a heart thing, though. Where are they at? You know, spiritually wise, how do they believe? Do they believe Colossians three twenty three? Are they doing no matter whose business what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Are they doing it with all their heart, as of working for God and not the man that is at the head of or woman that's at the head of the business or whatever it might be? But I think, I think with the friends thing, outside of like just wanting the business to be successful because it provides a paycheck, like. You, if you, it's your friend, you want them to be successful. You do. You, you want them to do well. And you want to be a, if you can be a part of it, if you, you are, you know, in it, you, you know, you, you don't, no one go, goes, I, mean, I guess there are people that do. I don't understand this. Like, well, I'm just going to show up today. Put in eight hours. Okay. See you later. Right. And, and I think it's okay to have some people like that. I mean, you can't avoid it. Oh. Right? I mean, you can, you can, but you, but how many people have you hired over the years? Mm-hmm. Look, how many people have you fired over the years because they didn't, right? And how many people have you fired who did have the best interest of the business at heart, but just for some other reason, couldn't hack it? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And that's a lot fewer. Right. And I think those are easier. Those are, diff- I mean, they're they're harder in some way, but easier in the other way to, to uh, let go of. I, no, I think those are the hardest to let go. Those are your friend, you know, right. where it's like a decision you have to make where it just tears you up inside. Like everything is going to, I mean, there's some guys that come in here and just run their mouth and don't follow any of, you know, who we are as Northwoods. And mm-hmm. that's an easy decision. It's like, listen, you need to get your life figured out. Just you're not doing it here because you're mm-hmm. a huge liability at this point. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a friend, like when it comes down to, it's like a, you know, sometimes it's like a, a personality thing that kind of gets in the way. Other times it's like you, for, for the position that you're in, you don't have the skill set, or you can take it only so far. You just can't take it more. Like I know there's a limit to how far I can take Northwoods or overbuilt. Mm -hmm. I I can only take it so far. Mm -hmm. And at that point it's going to be okay. Now I need somebody else to come in and take that from me. And, and take it to the next step. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's Aiden when he graduates. Right. And he's the one that takes it to that next level. Right. But I think it's just capacities. Is, and that, working. is that one of your kids? Yes, that's my oldest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you have a, an Aiden and you have a Torin. But anyway, yep. that's all I know. I'm doing better than you. There's a cheat like. sheet right there too, buddy. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah, dude. But, but I think some of it too is like it's a lot harder. But at the same time, like it's... How do I want to say this? God, God's given everybody a skill set mm-hmm. as far as what you can do and where you can go. Not everybody was meant to be a plumber. Not everybody was meant to be an electrician snow plowing manager. or snow plowing manager. <laughs> you know, so it's it's that thing of like you have to be content where God has put you. I mean, you want to try to strive and do better and do mm-hmm. everything with all your heart, but you're only going to get so far because God's only going to allow you to go so far. Because if you get to that next step, or were to get to that next step, if you know. God blessed you with that or for whatever reason, like, would it be healthy for you? Well, and for me, it wasn't in that situation. The snowplow manager mm-hmm. thing, right? It wasn't. Yeah. But I think the other thing that came from that is, you know, because we'd become friends, it was the hardest thing in the world, for, you know, not the hardest thing, but a hard thing for you to do to say, no, it doesn't work. It's over. But on the other side of that, a huge part of my business 
was because of the support that you offered in subcontracting work to me, providing counsel, providing wisdom, providing encouragement. Man, I don't know if I can do this. No, you, you got this. You you know, whatever it was. So yeah, you you did. You you fired me be, because that it didn't it was no good. That was not the spot for me. And it was a detriment to your business at that point. But that didn't mean that I didn't have skills elsewhere. But what ended up happening is you actually supported me in becoming a competitor. Mm-hmm. Like we both ran. Weird. We both ran construction companies. Now we made that work through you know subcontracting work and referrals and all that kind of stuff. But at at the end of the day, you know when you when you look at it from a thirty thousand foot view, you fired me and then helped me become a competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that morphed and shifted, and then you essentially helped me fire myself from that position because it was not a good spot where I ended up again. I tried again to be the quotes snowplow manager and and it didn't work. But through that, you know, because I was a friend, you didn't give up. You didn't walk away. We still had conversations all the time. And eventually that was an encouragement to move into the, into the role that I have now and is ridiculously successful. And I couldn't have even come close to, you know, financially where I'm at or, or whatever, had I still been working for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I wouldn't, I mean, <laughs> wow. Right. But I think that's because we were friends and I th- I, we, we became friends through you hiring me at that time. Cause we, I mean, we knew of each other when you hired me, but that mm-hmm. was about it. Yeah. So I think but I also received the firing, I think, well, because I was concerned about the well-being of your business. You know, when you said it, it doesn't work, I, I remember the conversation very well. I said, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You said, this is not working. And I said, no, it's not. He said, we can't. You said, we can't do this. And I said, we can't. So we shifted a little bit to kind of get me by until I you know, mm-hmm. moved forward in that. And that was, so you supported me even in that because you fired me and still had me working for you essentially. Yep. And yeah. So when you begin the relationship as a friendship, you begin the, or the, the, the relationship grows into a friendship. Now difficulties can be shaped and molded and, and mm-hmm. changed within the boundaries and seeing, you know, spending enough time with somebody to see what their gifting is, et cetera. And then you can support them inside or outside of your company. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's like, even too, like Ray and I just kind of finished up all the reviews for everybody. And like, our big thing is too, is like, you may not, you know, our question is like, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Like, even if it's not here, what do you want to do? You know? And you know, one of our next questions that, we ask was like, how can we, how can we help you? How can we support you? How can we come alongside you? Because I don't want to be, even if it's to become a competitor, like we have one guy who's a competitor now in lawn care and landscaping. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. That's amazing. Right. Like to see what he's done. Like, I don't know. I think it's very childish and worldly to think that someone's going to take work away from you as far as like, there's so much work. Right. And even if there's even not if so there much. wasn't yeah. like for you and me, like, even if there wasn't, we can still, I mean, I think it was DeVos wrote a book. Rich DeVos wrote a book called, um, I think it was him. If it's not, forgive me, whoever it is that it was, wrote a book called Compassionate Capitalism. Hmm. 
and just the concept of look you can still have a free market and be kind you can still have a free market yeah. and 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 bless people you, and and that's what you do is you are doing compassionate capitalism when you create a competitor what's crazy this is what's crazy you've taken when you do that you've taken all of everything that you've learned up to that point and you've just given them a springboard of how many years and lessons of like how to set it up and how to do it so every time you you work with someone and you mentor someone you already know more than the last time that you did that right you know so being able to help you know jordan out you know to give him and i i love it like for me it's like i want to be able to do that like i yeah, I have all this knowledge inside my head, but I want to be able to teach people like, okay, how much, I'm, I want you to start way further ahead than I ever did, you know, and being able to sit down and go through with a guy like, well, I can charge 25 bucks to cut a lawn. Like, no, you can't. There's no, no way. No, you can't. Well, the, you said exactly that. Here's a, here's a circle. You said, I underbid you. The first job I took when I left a you, lot, I underbid you by a ridiculous amount. And, and I think I talked about this on the podcast. <laughs> I know I, this one. I think I talked about this because the person is related to Forrest who I did the job for. And, you know, we had that conversation and if you listen to, I think it's episode eight, I, I kind of go into the story, but ultimately, no, you can't charge that much on that job. Mm-hmm. You, you, congratulations that you got it, but good luck, buddy. So, yeah, I, and I think this right here is the piece of like multi-level marketing that appeals to me mm-hmm. is because that's i mean you succeed when other people succeed you make money when other people make money it's not just that dude that's everything in life right when other when you help other people succeed you're gonna succeed more because to whom it, i think it, it comes to a point where i think jesus is talking about the parable of you know if to or if, if you're entrusted with a little bit and you can't be faithful in that little, how in the world do you expect to be trusted mm-hmm. with a lot? Like, oh, I want this and I want that. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't even be trusted with what the little bit is in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, so by helping and in, in giving, you know, whether it's time, it's money, it's resources, your knowledge base or whatever it is, if you can keep giving that away, like, and I, and I don't even want to pull everything to a, like a monetary success, right. but like, just so much more fulfillment because that is what we are created for. We're created for community and to serve and bless people. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the more I can do that, man, gosh, it feels good. Well, and that naturally creates friendship mm-hmm. because a friendship's based on servanthood. Mm-hmm. And so now you're like, you can't like, it's hard to not hire friends. You know what I mean? Like there uh, yeah. is the blessing. Yes. The relationship can, can get tense, but Again, you go back to that ministry of reconciliation. You, you, well, you, you, you could destroy the relationship if you hire a friend. Yeah, you could, but you shouldn't yeah. because <laughs> God has given you a ministry of reconciliation. So if you destroy that relationship, it's because you did not honor what God gave you the ministry of. Mm-hmm. It's because you did not reconcile that relationship the way God intended you to. Just because they don't work for you anymore does not mean that you didn't reconcile with them. Mm-hmm. You and I reconciled just fine. I mean, look, right? Yeah, yeah. Here we are five years later after I was fired. And I caused some financial difficulty for your business. But we're reconciled. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, friends, hiring friends. 
So Forrest, in in a couple of years when I when I fire you and you oh, start a roofing, whoa, 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 you start a roofing company. And <laughs> this is where my lawsuit starts. <laughs> Anybody know a good lawyer? <laughs> but you know, I think Forrest touched on something too in terms of boundaries. Like when you hire a friend, you've mm-hmm. got to have, have things. To have you almost have to have things spelled out more with a friend. Yeah. I th- because there can a lot, I think a lot more assumptions get made with friends mm-hmm. than with than without. It comes with baggage. You know my family. You know my mm-hmm. kids. I know your family. I know your kids. It's like, well, there's and, so much, right? That, so I call you on a Saturday before you started working for me. I call you on a Saturday. I want to talk business. You know, I just expect that to stay the same on Saturday. We talk business when you're working for me. Well, you should get paid for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'll just you'll like, just get an invoice in the mail. It'll be like Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, seven minute phone. Just like an attorney. Well, that's seventy dollars, <laughs> right? Yeah, every email, yeah. every <laughs> half hour increments, one minute to half hour. <laughs> but so you're so you have to spell that out. Look, if we, you know, I'm, I'm re- and maybe you're okay with it. Maybe you don't want, need to invoice if we talk business on a Saturday. Maybe, maybe you don't feel that's necessary. We have to lay it out, though, because, you know, we're we're hanging out having a barbecue and and I don't talk business and you kind of want to. Well, now you're like, well, why isn't he talking? Well, because I don't want to have to pay you. Oh, you expected to have to pay me? Well, no, you don't have to pay me for that. You, well, if we spell that out ahead of time. There's not this weird. Like, how is this going to yeah. work? But it, It's pretty hard to, like, figure that out, too. It because is. Because it's like, it's fun for me to talk about business. And it's fun for you, but there be, might be one day where you're like, I don't want to do it. No, I don't, right. Or you don't want to. No. But, and I think that's that thing of like open dialogue of like, hey, dude, I don't want to talk about business today. Right. And, but you have to say it. Yeah. Because yes. otherwise you'll get bitterness and resentment mm-hmm. and, you know, you'll stop answering phone calls. Or it's whatever. all about communication. Communication. Everything. And, and boundaries. And then when you do work as a contractor for friends... Right, I go put a roof on a friend's house. Man, I'm not moving until that contract is signed, and I'll probably be a little bit more like, "Ah, just send me an email." Yeah, that you receive. That's where I run into problems. It's like, like no, here's the contract because then they say, "Well, I thought you were going to do this." Well, no. Well, now you've put strain on the relationship because you didn't set up pro- set up proper boundaries, mm-hmm. and you, as the business owner, like, you know, I, I talk with people about you know, kind of the expectation of, "Well, I'm your friend, so I get a discount." Okay, so I provide a service for $5,000, and you want me to give you a $500 discount. Okay, normally I would charge $5,000 for this. If I charge you $4,500, essentially I'm writing you a $500 check just because we're friends. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. Why shouldn't I get to charge, why shouldn't I get to charge you $5,500, and you write me an extra $500 check because I'm your friend? Yeah. And so people are like, and so I just... What I have, I've really kind of found, and maybe this helps folks, but what I have done is I found another contractor in the area who does the same kind of work I do. And I say, hey, I'm bidding a job for a friend. Will you check my numbers? And he, the last time I did, he did. And I was within 150 bucks. And then it was my choice. So I went to the friend and I said, hey, I just, just so you know, just so you know, because obviously my close rate is going to be a lot higher with a friend. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that I'm not taking advantage of a system. So I did call another buddy and gave him the details on your project. And he said where he would be and he would be $150 less. And the friend said, no, that's fine. You can, you can charge what you charged. Now, I could have said, you know, hey, if he can do it for that, I can probably do it for that too. Mm-hmm. Unless his business is set up differently. But bottom line is, I get, so, but... 
when you're talking about a roof, a roof, it was like, I was like 12,000 and he, I was like 12,200 and he was like 12,050. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm not, I'm not worried about, you know, if that, if it's that big of a deal to you, that that's fine. But you know, that was close enough that, I mean, it could be what, you know, that's a, that's a half inch on a tape measure kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm okay with that, but I'm not going to give you some, you know, thousand dollar discount just because we're but even too like so like if i have friends that come and do stuff for me i don't want you to give me a discount because your success is important to me in your family in you know your business and that is important to me Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna have it done somewhere else you know or i'm gonna have it done regardless so Mm -hmm. it's a matter of it's a it's a matter of it's going to get done and i would rather give you the money to do it than somebody, right, than somebody else. else. Right. Now, Even if that's a few more dollars. Yeah. Now, I do have it too. Like, you and I have, like, any remodel, anything like that, you have it. Like, for the most part. Guaranteed. New construction, you can't, you're not as competitive on the new construction stuff as, like, some of the other guys I have. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. We can talk about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but how many jobs we talk? No. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, but at some point, you know, so what I end up telling people is there, you know, people be like, ha, ah, do I get a discount? They're like, no, you get somebody that you can trust that's going to make it right. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you can call another company that you don't know and they can give you a better price. But if something goes wrong, do you trust, do you trust me to make it right? Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, then I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, your, your premium price or whatever, what you, what it costs you to do business. Cause ultimately at the end of the day, the reason why I charge more than a lot of, a lot of roofing contractors in the area is because I pay my guys better. And I know that because they call me and say, Hey, I hear you pay better. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I have another guy who's like, I don't want to work for those other guys. They don't, they send me farther and pay me less. And so, okay. I, but they work harder to make sure that the jobs are done well. They appreciate working for me and I get preference. They, you know, they treat my business like it's their own because they want to see my business to see my business succeed. Because so, your success is their success. Right, exactly. Yep. And and so and the other part is these guys are working their butts off and they, you know, I heard that there was another roofing contractor in the area who like took subs out from underneath a guy. This guy had like 15 crews. They they direct hired four of those crews around from that guy mm-hmm. like number one they're paying less and number two they're pulling crap like that i'm like no that i'm not gonna operate that way and to do that i have to charge a little bit more so when a friend comes and asks me to do their roof I'm, I'm, this is what i have to charge to make sure your job is done well that i operate with integrity that my guys operate in, with integrity so this is why i have to pay you that if you don't need any of that stuff and you need somebody who can get you a better price because they're operating the way that other way and paying their guys junk and and treating their guys like crap, then then yeah, absolutely go ahead with them. Like, call me and I'll come back and fix it. But you're gonna pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of that, like since you're my friend, you're gonna get me a discount. That's like a generational, like it was the older crowd that would always say that kind of like they always get a discount. It's mm-hmm. every time I've seen it, it's always been like. Come on, come on! You're you're the friend. Can, mm-hmm. Anybody that you <clears throat> you get a friend with that works at Lowe's, hey, can I get your employee discount? Mm-hmm. That's terrible. That's I, I don't know. That's just kind of my opinion on it. It's like an older generation type of older than you. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> do you see that? Do you see that, Justin? 
Do you what? see older generations reaching for that a little bit more than younger generations? Uh, I don't know. I really don't. You don't see a lot of it. Mm-mm. Gotcha. No, because you charge what you charge, and that's and it's it like I don't know. There's like a, a confidence you have to have in knowing it, like like the whole thing of setting up boundaries. If you don't know, it's just kind of up in the air. So, like we charge what we charge because we've broken everything down. We're not trying to screw you. We know we literally know what we need to make in order to survive and be profitable as a business. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if I, in in my numbers, I can't do that. You know. That I can't do that job, you know, for whatever it is that, you know, Joe, somebody came and gave you a quote for, mm-hmm. you know, but it's the same thing in anything in life. Like if, as long as you're specific about what you want, you know, the boundaries you may have around your marriage with your spouse, with your kids, the kids got to know a boundary of how far, otherwise it's a gray area in a gray area. It's, that's where it starts getting messy. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, uh, and then when you start bending to certain things and now it's like, you've just given up everything. Now it's okay. Well, you bent this one time. Are you going to do it again? You right. know, like our conversation, when we were just starting about this, you know, his contractor trying to get you guys to do extra work for free, even though he asked you to do it mm-hmm. like, nope, I'm sorry. I'm going to set the boundaries. And if you have a problem with that, mm-hmm. I, I can't help you. I reconciled. Mm-hmm. by looking back at the agreement. And if you've got it in writing, then you can say, oh, and I have done this so much. And, and you know, call me passive aggressive or sarcastic. But somebody will call and say, hey, I thought you were going to do this. And I know I didn't say we were going to do that. And I know They're it's, just looking and to see I if know, you do it. I know it's not in the contract. And so I, I tell you what, let me, as soon as I stop, I'll pull out the, I'll pull out the contract and just, and double check. Cause if I did say I'm going to do that and it's in the contract, I'm definitely going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. I got no problem doing that. But sometimes I, I, you know, I have something that's in there that I forget about cause we do so many jobs. Let me just check. Now I know full well it's not in there. Yeah. And so I'll look, call them back and say, Hey, I was looking and this is what it says. Then there's no, then they don't, there's no, there's no hard feelings. Yeah. Because they signed the contract. What are they going to say? Whoa, I, I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but you signed it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. So Proverbs 32. Proverbs 32. When you hire a friend, get it in writing. Yeah. And. You didn't have me sign anything yet. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, but I haven't started. <laughs> oh, okay. really started. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> So I get to call you out. That's okay. my job too. <laughs> Is that does that need to be in the contract? Whatever you want, man. <laughs> employee employee <laughs> reserves the right to call the contractor or to, to call the business owner out for stupid decisions. I'd say that in every spring meeting when I'm up front. It's like, <laughs> listen, guys, if I'm going to make a stupid decision with like a shiny vehicle that I want to buy because it looks pretty. And you look at it and go, this is a bad idea. And I still push to try to buy it. I need you to tell me no. <laughs> almost did that in Ohio. Almost bought a truck in Ohio. No kidding. And they, they're like, the uh, transmission fluid smells like motor oil. I was like, ah, but it's pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> and they're like, no. I was like, fine. You well, come get it yourself. No, what was bad is I was ready to go back down there. Like I had a, a rental car reserved. I was going to go down there and pick it up and come back. The guys, they're like, we don't think it's a good idea. Well, Serena was in the office that day. She goes, what do you guys think? She goes, they're like, we think it's a horrible idea. Like, well, did you tell him? Well, not really. So she calls me up. And she goes, none of your guys think this is a good idea. I was like, they didn't say hardly anything to me. She goes, get back here. I'm 
pretty good though. <laughs> it is, but then right. I got back and I and I told him I was like, guys, if I'm gonna make a stupid decision like this, you have to. But you're the boss. I was like, I don't care. You're working on it. I'm not gonna touch it. I'm just right. gonna write the check when the, something breaks down. And then you're gonna ask for a bonus or a raise, and I'm gonna say, I'm sorry, I spent it on that stupid truck. Yeah, and all the repairs that it and, required. Well, you didn't have to do that. Well, you didn't tell I me. I asked you know. for advice. Right, right. But it's that. I don't know. It's it's that communication piece. So just being open. Open but not disrespectful. Open but not disrespectful. You're an idiot. Don't buy that stupid well, truck. Some friends talk like that, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little more gentle. Yeah. Okay, I agree with you on this and this, but the way you did it was not good. Wow, that's like deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've heard that before? <laughs> I actually verbatim, actually. Oh, wait. Did the voice sound the same as it just did? Yeah, it actually did. A little more garbled because it was over the phone, though, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Three, four weeks ago, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uncanny how many details I've just nailed on this thing. (laughs) Well, we do appreciate you listening to to a Christian business podcast. And if you have somebody that you'd love to hear their story or you think other people would be blessed by their story, we'd love to have somebody on. Or maybe you think they're an expert on something that pertains to being a Christian in business. Yeah. Somebody that's living out their faith in the context of the business that God's entrusted them to. We would love to hear from them. You can email us at achristianbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Achristianbusinesspodcast. Well, I was going to go for ACBP, but... It was taken? I don't remember if it was taken. (laughs) But that, you know, anyway. So achristianbusinesspodcast at gmail. Or you can leave stuff in the comments section. And so thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Peace out.